0: Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com.
1: The
2: title of the message tonight is A a Thrill of Hope. And uh, there are a lot of things that surround around uh, Christmas and around the Christmas story. And I actually just want to share uh, one aspect with you, believe it or not. (laughs) And it actually has to do with the shepherds that the angel appeared to uh, on that night. I want to read Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6 to you. It says says this, and I think you're all familiar with this. This is the Amplified. It says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace." Verse 7 says, of the increase of his government and of peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from the latter time forth, even forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will, will perform this. So our title tonight is A Thrill of Hope, and I shared this earlier, but the word hope actually means, in the Bible, it means a joyful and confident expectation, the happy anticipation of good. That's what it means. Now, for young people in the room, there's an anticipation for something a little later. But when you talk about hope and a thrill of hope, and this season, even though the good news came to us, I think there was a thrill in heaven. You know, oftentimes we hear uh, the gospel shared from a proper aspect about our expectation of something good. But if you could flip it around, which I'm not going to do through this whole service, but just think about it from this standpoint to go along with a thought that we opened with, I really believe God had a thrill of hope when he saw Jesus manifest in this season. In other words, he saw the Son of God, Jesus, be wrapped in the same flesh that you and I possess. And he knew that from this, that point on, this season that we celebrate there would be forever an open door back to Father God to get to Him for any person that was willing. And that thought had to just send expressions of hope all through heaven. We know from Scripture that Jesus was the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world, and we'll get into a little bit of what that means tonight. But when you think about that, that means long before you and I ever did anything that would cause something to be a rift between God and us, the Lord had fixed it before we got here. And when you begin to understand that this is how God is, you begin to realize that much of what you see around you, even though the insurance company may blame the tornado on God, it actually wasn't God at all. Now, the insurance company may call an earthquake an act of God, but actually that wasn't God at all I don't ever remember reading in the book of Genesis where it said and on the sixth day God created tornadoes earthquakes diseases destruction any of that because he didn't that was all the result of man's disobedience and allowing a terrorist into the earth the original terrorist And so anything that you see or maybe are experiencing in your own life right now that may be counter to what we're going to express to you about the nature of God tonight, you can just chalk it up to, that's the devil, that's not God. Every situation that you might be facing that is counter to wholeness and healing, deliverance, peace, soundness, righteousness, redemption, everything that is good, everything that is whole, everything that is righteous, you can go ahead and you can just classify that as this came from the category from the originator, the destroyer, the one who came to steal, kill, and destroy Satan himself. But during this season, this was the moment We know from Genesis chapter 3 that that was the moment Satan got in. But from from this season, this time, and we'll look at in Luke here in just a minute, but we know this was the season when God was able to get back into man. And you say, back into man, what do you mean? God's one desire wasn't that we build him a building. Buildings are fine, but how many have noticed they deteriorate? God's one desire was not to get back into a certain location in the earth. His one desire, above all desires, was to get back in you. You say, in me? Yes. He wants his spirit to be at home inside your heart. And Jesus Open the door for that again. So uh, let's take a look at some of this. Um, Luke chapter 2, verse number 8. I'm not a great formal preacher. I'm going to be honest with you. Okay, you ready? These are not my favorite services. Now my church, the people that come here, they know that. But you know what I do love? I love to see people. And I love to see people that are willing to come and hear truth. So I'm going to do my best. You rooting for me? I'm rooting for you. (laughs) Actually, we've been praying for you for months. (laughs) We've been praying. We pray for this city. Luke chapter 2, verse number 8 says this, Now there were in, in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were greatly afraid. I guess you might be too. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you bad news. No, I bring you What? Good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. My first point uh, this evening is this, and it's found in verse number 8. The shepherds keeping watch. Who were these shepherds? Good job, Ian. That's your cue. (laughs) Who were these shepherds? So Luke chapter 2, verse number 8, as we just read, says this. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. The scene is being set forth for the shepherds watching over the flocks of sheep in their field. Near Bethlehem, there is an ancient field where shepherds at the time of Christ's birth commonly watched over their flocks. 2,000 years later, that ancient field is still called the shepherd's field in memory of the shepherds who first heard the angelic announcement of Jesus' birth there. Tradition tells us that the shepherds in that area bred and raised sheep that were to be offered as lambs without blemish for the temple sacrifices, and particularly at the time of Passover. Jewish regulations required these sacrificial lambs to be born near Jerusalem so they could be easily transported there for sacrifice. It was for this reason that a special group... Uh, Could be easily, I'm sorry, it was for this reason that a special group of shepherds under rabbinical administrative care bred and raised lambs in the fields near Bethlehem because it was so close to Jerusalem to be used for temple sacrifice. Because sacrificial lambs were to be offered to God, they had to meet strict legal religious standards. To meet these requirements, shepherds under rabbinical care bred and raised sheep in strictly controlled conditions. At the time of of a newborn's lamb or a newborn lamb's birth, every male was inspected to ensure that it was without defect because lambs offered at the time of Passover had to be lambs that were without blemish. Once the lambs were born, these shepherds wrapped the newborn lambs in strips of cloth, called swaddling cloths to protect them from injury. After this, the shepherds would place the newborn lambs in a... Actually, you know, we always see Jesus in like a wooden feeding trough. It was actually a stone feeding trough. And that was called a manger until the priest came to inspect them and to declare them without blemish. In other words... How many you realize what that means? It means without defect, no defects. And therefore, they would be fit to be used as sacrificial lambs. Now, you're going to catch on here, especially if you know any kind of tradition or history about um, uh, Jesus being the Lamb of God and the connection here. There was a specific reason why the angel appeared to these shepherds now, you're going to find out more about this, and it gets much, much more exciting, much more gooder. There is a noted historian, Alfred Edersheim, and I'm probably saying his wrong, wrong, name wrong, who wrote in 1876, we know that on the night which our Savior was born, the angel's message came to those who probably alone of all in or near Bethlehem were keeping watch. For close by Bethlehem on the road to Jerusalem was a tower known as Migdal Eder, the watchtower of the flock is the name of that uh, uh, tower. For here was the station where shepherds watched their flocks destined for sacrifices in the temple. So this is who these shepherds were. Well, what was their assignment then? The Bible states that these shepherds were abiding in the field and keeping watch over their flock by night. Abiding simply means that these shepherds were actually lodging in open fields. So they were staying with the sheep. The shepherds being with the sheep could quickly take uh, the ewes or the newborns to Migdal Eder, to give birth uh, to their lambs in a ceremonial, ceremonially clean environment. Again, these shep- shepherds were under rabbinical care. In other words, the rabbis were over them. They were not just some random shepherds that God decided to show angels to. How I many know God is not random? He is precise. Everything in the story of Jesus is Prophetic. And it was all told, if you know the Old Testament, from before. And I'm not talking like two hours before, I'm talking thousands of years before, written in the scriptures by different authors. God had this plan from before the foundation of the world. On the night that Jesus was born, these shepherds were keeping watch. This is another phrase in that passage of scripture in Luke chapter 2, verse number 8. This has to do with protecting, guarding. In the Greek, it is almost like a military guard. It is the very word used to depict a military guard who exercised unbroken vigilance in protecting whatever he had been entrusted to safeguard. And it is the very word used to depict the uninterrupted vigilance the shepherds showed in keeping their flocks. They were constantly guarding and watching. Then all of a sudden, there was a fearful appearance. Slide two. (laughs) Luke chapter two, verse number nine says, and behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. Here now we see an angel of the Lord stood before them or in the Greek, it actually means came upon them. The idea here is not a casual appearance of an angel. In the Greek, it means a sudden, surprising, and glorious appearance of a divine being that takes one off guard. In other words, that was an amazing and dazzling event for the shepherds. You, could, you would get the impression that the shepherds were left shocked and speechless. I guess you probably would be too. Next, we see that the glory of the Lord shone around about them. In verse 9, this word glory in the Greek means a weighty presence of God. So as these shepherds were attentively watching over the special sheep, God's special sheep, they were abruptly taken off guard as an angel materialized in front of them. It is likely that as the weighty presence of God fell on the shepherds that they collapsed and fell. The presence of God shone round about them, which means it tells us in the scripture that they were encircled with light. So sometimes we get this picture that there was light all over the side of the hill. How many have seen that maybe in videos and things like that? Actually... What took place was, is the light encircled them. So rather than a light that lit up the entire countryside, the glory that shined on them was more like a shaft or a beam of light that shone down directly on them. In other words, God was saying, this is significant, this is important. These shepherds were greatly afraid, which in the Greek means that they feared with fear greatly. How many have ever feared with fear greatly? The angel then said, do not be afraid. I bring you what? Good tidings of great joy. He brought a message of hope and joy, not a message of fear. Talk about hope. The phrase in verse 10, good tidings, means the best news anyone has ever heard. The birth of Jesus Christ is the best news that all of creation could ever receive. In addition, we see the phrase great joy, which in the Greek means gargantuan joy. Not like just a little bit. You know, God is so amazing. He doesn't want you to have peace in a season. He wants you to have peace every day, all day, for the rest of your life. And we know that this peace can't be something circumstantial. It has to be something internal. Because how many think the world might be a little crazy? (laughs) He said, I bring you gargantuan joy. Verse 11 says this, For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. By the time that angel had announced Jesus' birth to the shepherds, Jesus had already been born. We see here that Jesus' birth was announced with a description of who he was and is. Jesus is declared as Savior, Christ, and Lord. Savior, the word Savior, it means deliverer, healer, protector, and preserver. Here again we see the hope of Jesus' birth brought to the earth. The birth of Jesus Christ marked the deliverance of mankind from the dominion of Satan and his rule on the earth. In using the word Savior to describe Jesus, the angel was declaring to the shepherds that Jesus was, was bringing saving power, delivering power, healing power, protecting power, and preserving power to those who would trust in him. Then he uses the word Christ. The word Christ means the anointed one. And in the Greek, it is equivalent to the Hebrew word Messiah. Jesus is the anointed one, and we know from Scripture that it is the anointing that destroys the yokes and removes the burdens of the enemy. Hope for freedom from Satan and darkness is found in Jesus. The last word to describe him is Lord. The word in the Greek means the absolute Lord over all. He is Jehovah, the one who carries the highest authority and power in all the universe. So, Jesus being born brought a thrill of hope. How could swaddling clothes be important? Verse 12 says, and this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. The angel then informs the shepherds of a sign that they should look for. This word sign is a clue to the observer of where they are going and what they are seeing. And that they are seeing, and that what they are seeing is correct. It means to verify or to guarantee. This sign was to you, which means especially to you. Why, why would Jesus do this especially, or why would the Lord do this especially for those angels? Or, I'm sorry, for those shepherds? Specifically, you're talking about the shepherds that raised the lambs that were given to sacrifice. Why is God doing this? He's telling them, This is the Lamb. And we're going to see this that takes away the sin of the world. God spoke directly to the shepherds in a way they would understand. This is good news because it means that God speaks to us in the ways we understand. As these shepherds searched the caves, the stables, they actually were caves. How many of you have seen the picture of the stable? And it's this wooden edifice that's been built. They are actually caves. It's, it, it, they, they, they searched in Migdal Eder. As they searched, they would find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloths. We say clothes, but it was actually cloths. Previously, we mentioned the importance of swaddling claws. They were bandages or strips of material used for wrapping the little legs of newborn lambs to protect them from injury. Remember, these were shepherds under rabbinical care whose assignment was to breed and raise sacrificial sheep, especially for the Passover in Jerusalem. Their task included transporting the ewes to the Migdal Eder, the tower of the flock where the newborn sacrificial lambs were to be born. And once they were born, these shepherds customarily wrapped those little lambs in swaddling cloths. Essentially, the angel's words meant this or mean this. I know your assignment is to care for the little sacrificial lambs that are born under your watch and to wrap them in swaddling cloths. But I am announcing to you that you've had your eyes fixed on the wrong lambs. Because the real lamb of God has just been born in Bethlehem. When you find him, you'll know it's him because he will be wrapped in the same swaddling claws you would normally use for, for a newborn lamb. This is a sign especially for you. A newborn babe wrapped in swaddling claws was a sign or verification for the shepherds that they had found the Savior. Thus, when the shepherds found Christ, the Lord, the anointed One, Jehovah in the flesh, the Supreme Lord of all, he was going to look uh, similar to one of the little sacrificial lambs for which they had been caring. The angel was declaring to those shepherds who were in charge of the spotless sacrificial lambs that Christ has now appeared as a lamb without blemish and without spot. First Peter chapter one. Verse number 19 says this, talking about the redemption of mankind. It says, we were not redeemed with, with uh, natural things and, and uh, blemished things, but we were redeemed with the pl- precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. They were, they were being told, these shepherds, that Jesus was the lamb who takes away the sin of the world. So fast forward now 30 or so years later we find a scene recorded in the gospel of John that confirms that the angel shared what the angel shared on this Christmas night to the shepherds. John chapter 1 verse 29 says the next day John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said behold the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John the Baptist was speaking by divine revelation but we also must remember that John was a cousin to Jesus and was born about six months before Jesus. John had grown up being told about his miraculous birth and the, and a, and call as well as Jesus' miraculous birth and his call. John's parents took time to talk and point John in the direction of finding God's purpose for him and fulfilling it. I know there's a lot of children in the room, but you may not hear them because they're doing a really amazing job, but there are a lot of children in the room, right? And as parents, it is vital, it is vital that we do the same thing for our kids. The only hope for our children and for us is relationship with God through Jesus and finding and fulfilling God's will. From the moment of Jesus' birth, he was presented to the world as the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world to take away the penalty of man's sin. And his intentions were first revealed that historical night to those who would understand it best, the shepherds in the field who were keeping watch over the sacrificial lambs. Just from this small portion of events that surrounded the birth of Christ, you can see that God cares so much for us. He has planned our salvation from before the earth was ever in place. This is why we celebrate the birth of Christ. Worship team, would you come? For most of you here this evening... This service is a reminder of what you already have come to believe. You recently, or maybe years ago, surrendered your life to Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. But I know that it is possible that there are those here and watching online with us as well who have never surrendered their lives to Jesus Christ. God gave us the greatest gift to redeem or buy us back and deliver us from Satan. So then the question then becomes, how do you receive Jesus? By faith. First, you have to deal with the problem of sin. Romans chapter 3, verse number 23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. How many know all means all? Then you have to deal with Uh, the wages of sin or you got to understand that there is a wage for sin in other words there's a payment for that sin the wages of sin according to Romans 6 23 is death but to interrupt death there's only one thing that could interrupt death that would be life how many realize that that would I would say it like this that would be love Because love gives life. Romans 5 says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now is that not a demonstration of love? Imagine if you will, and think about it in terms like this, a person Treating you with absolute disrespect and hatred. Or you treating somebody that way. Because of misunderstanding. Because of the way of the earth. Because of the rejection of God. Because of all the things that are surrounding us. That bring problems into our life. And in the midst of that God says there is something greater than my desire for wrath. And it's my love and my mercy. And mercy, the Bible says, triumphs over judgment. How? Sacrificial lamb. Sacrificial lamb. The free gift of salvation, Romans chapter 6, verse number 23, uh, the second half says this, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So the only thing left to do, if you haven't done it this evening, is accepting the free gift. Romans 10, 9 says this, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes (laughs) unto righteousness, and with the mouth, and don't let that word throw you, it means right standing with God. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation, for the scripture says, whoever believes on the name. On him will not be put to shame. Verse 12 says, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. And you say, what does that mean? I'll just say it like this. There is no distinction. Everybody has sinned between the Jews and the Greek. You could just put the rest of the world. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who will call upon him. For whoever calls. I love verse 13 on the name of the Lord shall be what saved shall be rejected no shall be saved shall be saved so we're gonna go. They're gonna do another song after, but with every head bowed, every eye closed in this place. Those of you that are watching online, if you want to give your heart to the Lord right now, with those here that are going to, you can just let us know uh, by messaging messaging us. We have people watching, and they'll be able to respond to you. But I want to give people an opportunity who have faith in their heart that Jesus is the Savior, that this is my moment for hope. This is my moment that my life can change, my family can change, my generations can change after me, my kids and my children's children. I want to give you opportunity to express faith out of your mouth by declaring Jesus as Lord. Very simply, I want to do this. If you're here present, every head bowed, every eye closed, and you want to give your heart to the Lord, I just want you to raise your hand where you're at right now. And I want to acknowledge that. I see one. I see two. I see three, four. Who else would like to give their heart to the Lord this evening? Anybody online, Josh? Okay. Now, even if you didn't raise your hand, you can still believe where you're at. I know a lot of you could be saved in here, and I get that. All you have to do is believe in your heart and confess out of your mouth. Let's pray this together, shall we? Heavenly Father, thank you for your Son, Jesus, who came to this earth, lived a sinless life, and died on the cross for our sins. I believe he rose from the dead so I could receive forgiveness, become your child, and receive the gift of eternal life I come to you now repent of my sin I not only receive your gift of forgiveness but I give you my whole life my whole heart I believe you have accepted me because Jesus said the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. Jesus also said, Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Thank you for saving me, making me your child, and helping me live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, they're going to we're all going to stand here in just a second and they're going to sing the last song and then i'm going to come up one more time and we'll have altar care workers up here and if you made a decision to give your heart to jesus we're going to have we have new believers packs that we want to give you that'll give you a bible and some books and materials that we just want to get in your hands to help you out as you get started here and uh, in your relationship with the lord but before we do that Let's go ahead and stand this evening. We're about done here. You guys did well. I'm mostly talking about the kids. (laughs) Did really well. Okay, Joy, if you would.
1: Oh, come, know ye faithful and joyful i Oh
2: for being with us Um, our altar care workers are going to come up we will release you in just a second here but I I do want to actually just read a benediction over you as you go and uh, our prayer for you is that you have a hope filled Christmas Um, if you did give your heart to the Lord please do come up secondly if you need prayer for anything any desire or need that you have these altar care workers are here for you to pray with you we'd also like to uh, extend an invitation to you we'll have service next Sunday at 11 uh, because it is New Year's Day and so we're going to have service at 11 if you don't have a church we'd love to have you with us and be a part of the church family here um, but just want to pray over you and read the benediction is there anything you wanted to say Okay. so we'll pray and then if, again if you did give your heart to the Lord I can't stress this enough Please come get the material. You you need to realize this. There's an enemy in this world, and he wants to destroy your life. But God said that he came to give us life and life more abundantly. There's only one place of victory. You say true success, yeah, true success. True victory, true wholeness, and that's in Jesus Christ. So don't forget that. Father, we thank you for today, for tonight. We thank you for the birth of Jesus. We thank you for uh, your goodness and your faithfulness. So I just want to read this benediction over you. It says this, we pray and we declare this over you, that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith that you would be rooted and grounded in love that you would be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge and that you and your family and your holiday and your life would be filled with the fullness of God Did you want to say anything? Oh, she's going to say something.
0: And I'll just pray this over you and just Believe it for yourself and for your family, because God is good and he is faithful. And he will walk you through and see you through everything in your life because he wants to be a part of your life. He wants to be in your home. He wants to be in your days, at your work. He just wants to be in fellowship with you. Think about that. Jesus Christ, the Father God, wants to be in fellowship with us. And he wants to rest and on you in that peace and that joy and those things that you're probably feeling tonight. You don't just have to leave it here. It can go with you. Into your homes. And there is nothing like serving Jesus. How many know we have to walk through this life? But it's better to do it with Jesus. 100 and 50%, one million percent better to do it with Jesus Christ because he's faithful, amen?
2: amen? God bless you guys. Have a very Merry Christmas.
0: Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.